Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Gonna be honest, don't really know what I'm doing. He was often a player that I would buy on Football Manager. That's it's already a terrible reason. From Jon Snow, Matt puts Dan's wardrobe to shame. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Look at him, the cat that got the cream. Ian Tyler said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. Monk, really? He's, what's he, I know Monk. he's manager. What kind of thing is Gary Monk. Five out of ten. I, know, I haven't finished yet. I cannot believe Gabby had Bonner Horse. That's crazy, that's isn't terrible. it? Yeah, we may well have lost listeners early doors again with a long, long-winded intro. Go, shoot. Hello, welcome to the Villa View podcast, episode 14. Thomas Julian and Dan Bardell, who, to be honest, we both had stinkers leading up to this tonight. We're supposed to start about half six. It's now eight o'clock. We won't bore you with the reasons of why we haven't started, but it's fair to say... It's been a comedy of errors. Uh, yeah, I think that is definitely fair to say. We've uh, yeah, we've swapped. We have we have uh, been promoted though from the yeah, St Andrews booth to Villa Park in terms of booths. Um, but yeah, everything else seems to have gone wrong. So yeah, we're in the nice booth. So people who were listening last week and complaining about the sound quality, unless they were listening via headphones, that shouldn't be an issue this week. The audio should be crisp, clear. And perfect, everything that Tom Julian's podcast performance isn't. Wow. <laughs> Look, if you're in a mood, there's, no need, a mood. there's no need to say get out of me. I am in a, ba- in a bad mood. One thing that can pull you out of that bad move, bad move, mood. bad mood. Yeah. Two wins. Two wins. So last week we were talking about two defeats. Well, I'm in a much more positive mood in the podcast about Villa, although the acid test will come on Friday to see if Villa can finally rectify their horrific away form. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the last game Villa played away, I was there and it was it was abject, to be honest. But, you know, this is a real stark contrast, isn't it, from from where we were last week and we were literally kind of pulling, well, we weren't literally, but we were pulling our hair out, you know, just praying really for, for, a, for a turnaround, for, a, for Steve Bruce to kind of play the kids, uh, to have a little bit of creativity. And we got that, you know, eight goals, you know, the... the Defensive performance wasn't all too uh, clever, but we'll, we'll get on to that. But, you know, we looked for some attacking uh, flair and some some creativity and we got it. Yeah, I'd like to point out tonight that Tom is flying blind with no notes, I think, for the for the first time. So that it could be 
a real struggle of a podcast. I will point out, you. I did make notes. Well, so, you haven't got them. Yeah, but I've, I've read them. You know, I'm a, I'm a performer and I'll, uh, I'll, well, let's see if I live up to the task. I, I had my work laptop half an hour ago and that, now I haven't. So we, we're all losing things tonight. I've lost my work laptop in the midst of changing booths this evening for those interested. And Tom's obviously left his note. So unless we're talking about the pies at Villa Park, I think he's going to really <laughs> struggle tonight. Uh, listen, we'll see. I had a nice burger at Reading though. So, um, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not a pie, but, but let's move on. Let's talk about Norwich first of all, because obviously yeah. we haven't been together since... Uh, since there, you were at Villa Park. Indeed. How how did you find the game, first of all? Uh, different because we attacked and we decided to play in a way that benefited our good players, obviously, as demonstrated by Conor Hurahan scoring a hat-trick. I think Keenan Davis was a breath of fresh air. Up front, he made a real difference because I, I believe the Norwich defence won't have been expecting to face him and he absolutely run them ragged. He bullied them mm-hmm. all game. It just made such a difference. I think Ian Taylor said this on, on social media. I think it makes a big difference having someone who, when when they're up top, the ball sticks to them. They can hold on to the ball and get players around them. And I think he, I think Conor Horan said this as well, Keenan Davis was a key reason as to why he managed to get a hat-trick on Saturday. Yeah, the way that he brings other players into the game as well, you know. And what I really liked, which we've been missing, you know, when we're playing Agbonhor or someone else up front, is that Kim Davis just cuts off a pass. You know, I, Norwich were having throw-ins and, and they were playing out from their full-backs. But there, were, there was no option to go back across across the uh, pitch. And when, when they did try and do that, you know, Kim Davis, he actually cut it out. And I think that led to a goal. I can't remember which goal it was. Uh, but that, it just makes the pitch so much smaller and makes it easier for, for us to kind of press the game and win the ball back. I mean, I don't think Bristol will be as charitable mm-hmm. on Friday. I mean, Norwich were trying to do something that their defenders were not capable of doing and by really playing the ball out from the back. You could see that they'd been instructed never to hoof it and they'd come a cropper a few times. I think it's a new defence as well. I think they might have had two German centre-halves playing together who obviously aren't used to the league. So we will face... Much tougher opposition, but Davis is a handful and I think he'll cause a lot of defences a problem like he did Bryson on the last day of last season. We had a wonderful moment for young Andre Green. You know, he, um, he, he's he been looking for that goal, searching for that goal uh, for, the, for the first few games of this season and, and what a way to open your account. Hey, he deserve, deserves that. The amount of times he's hit the woodwork or put things just, just wide. I mean, he's missed a lot of simple chances. He missed another simple chance at the end of that game to, to make it 5-2 and completely wrap the game up, although it's probably wrapped up. Anyway, but his goal, to score a first goal like that must be an unbelievable feeling in front of the whole team. I mean, I thought it was Thierry Henry-esque. It was a great, great curling finish into the top bins. Yeah, it was wonderful. And and kind of since then, we've we've started to hear reports of, of Crystal Palace and Bournemouth no sniffing around, you know. Not at all? No, nah, just paper talk. Yeah. We won't go. He's got under two years on his contract. You know, if he has a big year, things will start to happen for him, though. He'd be wise to stay at Villa, wouldn't he, where he's going to play every week, the team where he's come through the academy. He's obviously a Villa fan. He said himself how special it was to score in front of the whole end. He's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mentioned it earlier. The defensive performance, you know, Alan Hutton was caught out a, a little bit by their by their left winger. I can't he remember. He good, Murphy. If, yeah, Murphy, that's Murphy. it. If I had my notes there, I'd have, yeah. I'd have, I'd have had that. Um, are we slightly worried about, you know, we, we've talked... A lot on this podcast and a lot of Villa fans have talked about how we're going to build this team on on a strong defence. Are we... Defence, st- really, American football talk. It's stuck in me. Do you know what? I, I've tried so hard to say defence and it's natural to say defence now. It's not. It's natural to say defence. No, it's not, not for me. Anyway, regardless, whatever, potato, potato, 
are we strong enough going forward at this point to be able to concede those kind of weaker goals that we've let in there? Or or is that going to come, you know, are we going to, is this just a little phase, a little blip early in the season and John Terry's still getting used to the players that he's playing with? I mean, I think it will, it will come. Hutton, by all accounts, had a nightmare mm-hmm. on Saturday. But to be fair to him, he got absolutely hammered by someone in the first half. So I think he was carrying a knock that was maybe affecting him, if I'm, if I'm to be kind, to the Scottish Cafu. I mean, I think... He, I think the other two right backs, it makes more sense to play them than Alan Hutton. As much as I think Alan Hutton has redeemed himself in my eyes, he's been very good since February. I think it makes much more sense to play Delato Brew because, as I've said before, they're more the future. I think the defensive side of things is worrying, but I think that might be part of the reason why we played a nicer brand of football because we know that Steve Bruce likes to sneak games. He likes a 1 0 or a 2 1 built on a solid defence, but the defence hasn't been solid enough that we're going to that we're gonna do that. So I think he's probably thought, well, we're conceding anyway. I may as well sacrifice this and go forward a bit. And I think in the end, that, that's what's happened. And obviously, we've scored four goals. We've still shipped two. But, and really, they're in Norwich's only two chances. Yeah, it's the nature of them, though, isn't it? Like, and the second goal, um, John Terry just kind of lost his man. He drifted yeah. off in behind and then then was able to just finish off a simple chance. You know, those are bread and butter for, for John Terry. You know, we've, we've seen him for a decade plus at Chelsea, not allowing those kind of simple situations to get, get beyond him. And you don't... You, you don't expect him to lose his, his sharpness kind of mentally rather than rather than on the on the ball. I think he was just a bit of laziness, really. Maybe yeah. he already thought the game was won. I mean, for first first of all, for that second goal, we let that Murphy lad run across the width of the penalty area. Yeah. He ran from one side to the other and clipped clip the ball in. So that was poor. He did have a couple of chances. I know you said that that was his only... Own, they only had two chances. I think he had a couple. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, he, I was there. He well, you were. <laughs> I don't, but I don't remember. I've seen you have a few drinks at the game, Dan. No, no, I don't, I don't drink. No, I know you don't. if it's away from her. Regardless, uh, I, I, I remember seeing a couple of couple of little chances coming down uh, their left hand side, and um, yeah, they could they could have caused us problems. You you got to ride your luck, and I think that was really important for Villa that actually some of those chances didn't go in and. Our, our chances they broke for us this week. I mean, I think John Terry made a mistake. He, obviously, you could see him look at the guy a couple of times, Oliveira. He knew he was there. He just switched off. And Oliveira's ended up knocking the ball into the net. But I think it's obviously he's getting used to his new partner in Chester. Chester Chester's not looked as good, to be honest, ne- next to Terry. I think Chester's got very high, very high standards. But he certainly looked more comfortable with Baker. But it will come. Mm-hmm. They'll get it together. I mean, they've got left-backs... Um, a certainty in Neil Taylor, so that's not going to change. I think he just needs to decide who his first choice right back is now, and I think that'll end up being Richie Delat, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and then I think we'll be sorted. What do you think about Norwich this season? You, you, their away form is is atrocious, um, but they 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 won the their game before, I believe, uh, in the week, and that yeah, kind yeah. of was concerning Villa fans because obviously we were on a bad run, and there if they picked up some form and momentum, but. They look. They don't look great. Shakes. I wasn't mega impressed, to be honest, because that, as I said, they're trying to do things that they're not capable of. Play the ball out from the back. They made four or five changes from the team that had won in the midweek, which I know that we spoke to Jack from Tottenham Norwich City. He was very confused by the team selection. Obviously, some of their better players were on the bench. You've got Oliveira, who's been scored a few goals already this season. I think he scored three. Now you've got uh, Hulahan mm-hmm. on the bench, who I've always thought was a good player. So you've got effective players sat on the bench while you've got Cameron Jerome playing up front and he is useless. Yeah, I mean, I'm setting it for him to score against us at Carrow Road later on this season, but he was ineffective yeah. at best. And when you've got Oliveira, who's a very good finisher, 
sat on a bench. That doesn't make sense to me. And in, and in form, yeah, doesn't make sense to me. But that I'm sure the manager knows what they're doing. Is it Daniel Farker? Daniel Farker, Fark, yeah, Farker, Farker. However you say it. Yeah, he's he, he's coached the uh, Borussia Dortmund reserves, didn't he? They're just trying to go the Huddersfield route, aren't they? They've yeah. got Weber in the who's the director of football now, picking pick the players. Mm-hmm. I believe who they signed. So he's obviously doing a similar job at Huddersfield, and obviously they've got off to a flyer in the Premier League. Yeah. They're just trying to uh, replicate what Huddersfield have done. Good luck to them. Yep. And so the the mood at Villa Park instantly lifted. You know, we get that win and uh, and things are feeling good. And then Tuesday night comes, a potential banana skin, because, you know, we're going to top a top of League One and in good form. You know, yeah. they, they would have been, before Saturday, they'd have been fancying their chances to take a scalp and, uh, and yeah, you know, a, a, a small upset, if you will. And... That was put to, put right to bed from really the off, wasn't it? I mean, I believe they made a lot of changes as well. I mean, we obviously changed our our whole eleven. I mean, yeah. I'm going to call Dan Rollinson out here. He texted me before the game saying, "I want to turn around now." I've seen that team, which I didn't really understand at the right. time. I said to him, "I'm actually more excited now because we get to see some some young players who want, want to make an impact." And that was exactly what we saw. I think the title of fan cams was that was so, so refreshing, and it, and it was refreshing. It was great to see. I really, really enjoyed myself. Really good game. There was loads of young players on there. Obviously, players like Mitch Clark, who's getting his first first sniff of, of a Villa senior appearance. What did you make of our debutants? Uh, Mitch Clark is obviously playing left back, and he, I believe, is a right back or, or a centre back. So he's playing out of position, and you could see he was very right footed. But just he's got a nice bit of pace about him. I like his aggression as well. So he did a good job. Not none of them looked out of place. Jake Doyle Hayes next to Gardner. You would have never known that Gardner was the more established. Of the two, although one of Gardner's passes for the for the I think it was the first goal was yeah, that, sublime. That was a he didn't do much else in that first half. He was good in the second half, but he didn't do much else in the first half. Yeah, but his pass was like a quarterback. Yeah, well, Mitch Clark had that uh, chance as well, didn't he? From when it yeah, came out of the corner, yeah. yeah. And uh, if and if you're right and he's playing out of position, you know, in his debut, then that's a that's a positive sign for the versatility of the lad. What I like about the youngsters is they've not been a. Uh, they're not ha- they're not hamstrung by expectancy. Mm-hmm. They just they just play with the freedom that you don't, sometimes don't see the Villa first team do. So they just came in and they're effervescent. They just played with the freedom that you don't often see from Villa, except for obviously Saturday against Norwich. And they were all really really good. Callum O'Hare's a breath of fresh air. He's a he's a number ten a playmaker, but he, he runs his so- his socks off. He plays very close to the striker, which I think benefits Hogan. I think Hogan's only scored this season when O'Hare's been on the pitch. Sometimes I said this in fan camps. Number tens can get sucked back into the central midfield, but he just plays so close to the striker. It's like like playing two at front, but it's someone who's a bit a bit creative. As I say, he's just a breath of fresh air. And you know, we um, you have mentioned it yourself, uh, Albert Adoma. Yeah, trying to play himself into a starting role. Do you think he d- he's done enough just yet? I don't think he'll start Friday. I think I think he'll be on the bench. But he's, we've got options. We've got a lot of alternatives now. And obviously, it looks like Snodgrass is going to be on the way. On the way in as well. We have a strong squad. The makings are there of a squad that definitely should be challenging for promotion. I mean, I saw something earlier on Twitter where someone said it's the strongest squad that's ever been in the championship. And it, it might not be the best team that's ever been in the championship, but I agree that it's definitely the strongest squad. If we're not at least, at least top six, there's something severely wrong. Yeah. Uh, you were uh, you're obviously there and you did fan cams. Who was your favourite fan cam interview? Who gave uh, you the best opinion? I don't know if he, I wouldn't say he gave us the best opinion. He was nice to talk to the ball boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the ball boy came running on. Dan Rollinson cut off my excellent joke, though. That didn't make the edit. I can't even remember what it was now. That's how good it was. But it was a great joke, and he's cut that out. Cut that out of the edit. He's yeah. probably done your favourite. I just like talking to the ball boy. 
As someone said in the comments, you've gone from chief executive to ball boy. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're speaking to everyone. That's great, isn't it? And yeah. now you're speaking to me. So, uh, what a you treat. know, it just goes up and up and up, doesn't it? Yeah, the um, only way is down. The only way is down, but not on Friday night. How do you how do you feel about the game coming up? I've said it a few times. It's the acid test because it's no good winning. Well, obviously, it is good to win your home games, but if you ain't winning your away games, you're not you're not going to get get promoted. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that. So obviously, we've started off with two defeats. Bristol City won, I believe, last night. Against Premier League opposition, I forget who. Oh, you put me on a bit. They beat Watford, I think, three two. How oh, did they? So they beat. I think. I mean, it would have been a weakened Watford side, and I'm, I'm sure Bristol made changes as well. Obviously, we went there and lost early on last season, so it's the big test. I don't, I don't mind losing if we have a go, hmm. but if I see us sitting back again, playing negative, trying to eke out a nil nil or a one nil, I won't be happy because. We've shown in the last week that the best form of defence is attack. Mm-hmm. So let's just attack because the players we've got should be too good for most teams. We should be capable of blowing any team in this division away bar one or two. And I, I say if we're on form, we can go there and, and beat Bristol City. I think he'll play Keenan Davis again. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he didn't. It'll be Lansbury in midfield with Horahan and Whelan. You'll have El, El- Mohamedi and Green on the flanks. That, that's a good attacking team. There should be enough in there. Horahan's obviously on a high after scoring a hatchet, There's enough goals in that team, which is whether we can tighten up slightly at the back. But I don't want tightening up at the back to come at the expense of how we've been going forward. Yeah, do you think, so, no place for Hogan on Friday night? I don't think we can play two up front because I think it leaves us too short in midfield if we do if we do that. So, judging just by the fact that he caused Norwich, who are fancied by quite a lot for, for promotion, trouble on Saturday, he's done nothing to warrant not playing the league and you'd presume he was completely rested to play Friday. Oh, Hogan's a good so. option off the bench because he's got a good movement, good pace about him. Yeah, it finally feels, doesn't it, like Steve Bruce has got a bit of a headache up front. You know, we've, we, you, you, we've asked all season for, to play the youngsters. You get Keenan Davis who comes in, is completely not overawed by the situation at all. You know, he, he takes to it like a duck to water. And that kind of makes Scott Hogan go, all right here, I'm, I'm in a bit of a battle. And then he pops in two. One was an excellent finish. Yeah. And uh, and obviously the other, which was a poacher's goal, which is what we wanted to see from him from the start. So it feels quite nice that we actually have an option to play two good strikers again. You know, it's only one one game each, but yeah. but there's potential there. Well, we've got Codger back at the end of September as well. He's obviously the main man. You'd imagine he's going to play up front most weeks. When he's fit, I wonder whether now he definitely thinks he can go to two strikers. If he's got Davis competing as well, maybe he thinks he can definitely go to two strikers, but my issue with Villa with two up front would be we'd get over and in central midfield unless we were playing a diamond, but we've got so many wide players now. I don't think you can play the diamond, so to me, you'll always only ever play one up front. How does Yedinak fit into that? He'll rotate with Whelan, yep. I would think. I wouldn't like to see both of them together. Although maybe in some away games you would see them two together, that frees Hurahan up a bit. But don't forget, we've got Grealish to come back as well. It's just that We have such a strong squad. I mean, I don't really particularly see where Snodgrass is going to play. So he's was, a good player. I was going to come Very on to that. Player. You know, he's uh, he's 30 next month, Snodgrass. What what worries me about Snodgrass is, one, I don't think we need him particularly. I've seen a few people on Twitter whom I respect say, um, great signing, brilliant signing. I don't see it particularly. What worries me about him is that West Ham paid £10.2 million for him in January. Played 15 games, didn't score, and now they're happy to let him go. That's concerning to me. I don't think he started that many games, if my memory serves me correctly. Isn't that a problem in itself? You know, so, oh, To be honest, the club's run by the Porno Brothers from Birmingham City and Karen Brader. Yeah, but it's Slavon Bilic. hardly the savviest business people. Slavon like Bilic is all 
yeah, whatever. That doesn't really matter. Slavin Bilic still picks the team. He picked the team in January when they decided to sign him. Surely he had some sort of opinion then. I don't know what's changed from then until now where he's not even getting a, an option. Well, they signed him to be Paya's replacement, which is where they're going wrong. Oh, that's ridiculous. First, because he's a completely different player. Yeah. He's, he's one of those players, I think, that is a very, very, very good championship player. Maybe not quite top Premier League level. Right. I don't know, it's a top 10 side, which I'd go as far as say West Ham are. I don't think so at the moment. Paul sued him perfectly. Yeah. I think when he was there. And he had a good season, first half of the season at Hull. Yeah. In the Premier League. He can make an impact at Villa. I just don't see where he's going to play. So, that, but that, that's a contradiction of terms, isn't it? He, no, he, he's not going to make an impact if you... Well, he, he will well, play. He will then. I don't then, see where he's going to play. But it doesn't mean that he's not going to play. But then he's going to take away from the youth and the, the kind of prospects that we've got playing, though. Well... Sure. Hare's not going to play anywhere. He'll at most be a bench player this season. He's not going to start. Right. Rightly or wrongly. Uh-huh. So he's not taking his place. He will take his place on the bench, though. Because well, even if... Because he'll play. Yeah, but if Snodgrass plays, that, that pushes someone else onto the bench. Okay. Before last night, I would have told you, I would have said to you, Adoma's off. Right. But apparently he's not. So, happy answering, I don't know. I mean, Snodgrass is going to play right midfield, I would think. But then El Mohamedi is Steve Bruce's second son, adopted son. So this, this is it. Is he going to go back to right back now? I, I don't know. That, you have to have options, though. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we seem to have developed some options. And I don't want to jump the gun here and say these youngsters are are perfect and they're ready to play every week because they're not. Obviously, they're not. No. But but they should be blooded kind of as we're going. And I feel like we've got enough experience with the players that we've already brought in these kind of experienced guys that we actually don't need Snodgrass, especially I, I don't see him on being small, on small money. Well, he's on loans. We won't be paying him a fee. No, but we'll be paying his wage. We'll be paying, paying a percentage yeah. of his wage. We've seen before when we try and get rid of players who we don't want, the club that's getting rid of them will end up playing, paying a high proportion. So West Ham have made it clear he's available. So they'll be taking on at least 60%. Maybe even 70% of the wage, I'd say. I just don't see a position for him. At the end of the day, he's a player that Bruce has worked with before, so he knows him. He knows how to get the best out of him. He's a player that's been promoted before. I can't remember whether he's done it with Norwich, but he's definitely done it done it with Hull. Hull, yeah. So he, he, ticks, he ticks two important boxes in Bruce's mind. I think he did do it with Norwich, actually. Yeah, well, I think he didn't, but... Oh, interesting. Yeah, we'll find out one day. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Oh, listen, happy to be proven wrong. And Someone will go. Maybe someone will go who we don't expect. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone at Lansbury will go that, yeah. that we don't think of. I mean, you're forgetting, forgetting as well, like, is Onima on loan as well? Is yeah. he now going to play? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, play, he's played in a few positions. He looks like his best position centrally. For me, that's, someone's probably got to go. I don't know who. Someone's probably got to go. Hopefully yeah. not Andre Green. Before we move on, well, yes, certainly not Andre Green. That would be a terrible. Well, we wouldn't, they wouldn't yeah. do that. Uh, before we move on from, from the Wigan game, it would be remiss not to talk of Adoma's goal and what a finish that was. Don't hate me here. I thought the keeper should have done better. No. He was over that side of the goal. It's that... a great finish. Oh, wow. The keeper just stood there. He was on that side of the goal. It could not have been... I thought that keeper was pony. Yeah. Last night. It, that was his debut, though, wasn't it? I don't know. John John Jones, I think his name was. I think that's his first start for Wigan. I'm going to make another revelation here as well. I think he should have saved Hogan's second one. I, I, I think he had more chance with Hogan. Got a massive hand on it. And it was... I always think if you get a big hand, 
you got to save him. I think you're being very as I'm a not. as a goalkeeper. You're being very especially like the the Hogan one. I can kind of agree with you a little bit further out. You know, he has a little bit more time with it. It's just a good turn from Hogan, though. Good strike. I don't. It comes at the keeper so quickly and out of nowhere. I don't. Oh, I can't believe that. I've watched it so many times today. He was over that side of the goal. He made no attempt to get in. He threw an arm out. It was... It, it was there before Look how close even, to the side he was it was shielded by a defender and it just turned and like he kind of you expected talk. You the, talk. the shout I'm this isn't this isn't going to be great podcasting it's fine people know what we're about by now listen Albert Adoma I thought it was a brilliant finish I thought he really set his stall out for what he wanted to do this season I can still talk and search at the same time I'm, by the way it's I'm, not gonna... I'm not sure you can. can I'm doing it right now you lost your laptop within 10 minutes of me leaving I'm you. in big trouble tomorrow at work <laughs> no laughing matter if you could let me know in the comments if anyone finds my laptop or work laptop lying around that'd be great I yeah right okay right, we're getting here let us know in the comments if you agree with this anyone by the way because it could be a terrible shot but I said it at the time to my dad at the game and what did he say did he look at you like you were mad to be honest I think he's frightened to disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> we all are, but I'm I'm really setting my stool out here. Which goal was that? That's a diamond. Is it? Yeah. Well, here we go. I didn't like oh. his celebration. No, it's, I didn't like it. It's all right. Bit of fun. Watch this. Look, keeper's there. Keeper's there. He's, he's, got, he's nowhere look near at, it. Yeah, but look at the east. Look at the way. Look at the lazy army throw. That's unbelievable. I can't believe you. You're a goalkeeper. I'm not really. I'm a centre-back no, yeah. that's not fit. That's the you're, going goal. You're a terrible goalkeeper. Right. Well, sorry, sorry, podcast listeners, show viewers, but I think I think I'm raising a valid point here. Put it on pause. Take a little look at the goal right now. Right. Watch. Don't watch the Doma. Watch the goalkeeper. Yeah. It's in before he's even able to react. Lazy. It's it's flat-footed. Please over that side of the goal. This is this is so interesting. I think it's a good strike. You literally are. You said the goalkeeper should have saved it. I think he could. He at least could have done better. He could have. Dived. Let us know in the he comments. Was, if he, he was over that side of the goal. If he'd have dived, I've had enough. There. Had enough. Let us know in the comments what you think about that. Um, I don't know. I thought it was brilliant. The Hogan one, you've got a little bit more of a leg to stand on. It was still a very, very good finish. It's um, nice to see some good football and people shooting. That's nice. I actually really like Bjarnason's goal. I thought his reactions were something that yeah. I hadn't seen from him. No, no, he's very good at that. He, he has been, but I've seen him again on, at Reading. He was a little bit slow, a little bit lax. He's Touch has never been good, but he, pounced, wasn't good last he, night either, to he be fair. pounced on that ball and uh, and really killed the game off. So, uh, yeah, good job. Yeah, he, he deserved that goal. He run his socks off all night. He had some other chances as well where his touch let him down or he took too long on the ball. But the goal will do him good. But it again comes back to, is the goal going to play? Yeah, if if Snodgrass comes and Bjarnason goes, I I think that's an upgrade. That's the only that's the only real swap that I see being. players, I'd say. But for squad numbers. I don't, I don't, I don't think we need. Don't forget the Kuna's gone. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, night. quite a good goal. Yeah, it was. I never saw him do that much for Villa. No, though. people said he was afraid to shoot in the Villa show. He actually has got a good shot on him. Yeah, it's not grass. Not wrong. We started the season with Bakuna in the team. Don't forget. Yeah, but that was strange. He'd just come back from pre-season. So, numbers-wise, Snodgrass is just replacing someone that started the season playing. But we were bloated. I don't know if you remember yeah, our we first are, We still are. Well, so, so this is it, isn't it? Like, yeah, okay. We still need to get rid of players. What do you think of uh, Elphick coming in last night? I still think there's a place in it for him in the squad. Yeah, interesting that he is still around. And a lot of people were saying when, when he was rumoured to be going that it would be sad to see him go. I don't think it would be sad to see him go. I, I like him in the squad, like like you do. I think my problem is I'm not fully convinced by Samba 
as a third choice centre back. If anything happened to Chester or Terra, I wouldn't like to go the whole season with Samba in defence. Do you think that was a money decision though? Because Samba can't be on that big a wage. You wouldn't have thought so because he's been training with Villa for seven months. Before. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it is. I mean, Baker's obviously gone because of injuries and, and whatnot, and we got a good fee. Yeah. For me, there's a place for Elphick in that squad as a third slash fourth centre-back, probably a third centre-back like he was last season. I'd prefer to have him in the Samba, I think. I thought when Elphick was talking about leaving that it would that would have been... Uh, I mean, he probably led, will still go. But that would have been led by him because he wanted first-team football. I don't think at this stage of his career he'll be happy kind of being a third or fourth choice, where a Samba would be. I, I, that, to me, was the decision made. I saw someone say the other day, no, it wasn't the other day, actually, it was today. It's been such a long day. Mm. Um... The Elphick struggle because him and Chester were too similar. They're both doing doing the same job, which I kind of understand because they're not a massive presence. They're more of the ones that sweep that are sweeping up a bit more composed. Baker slash John Terry or Samba would be the bigger brute. Mm-hmm. So you could make a case that Samba would be good as a backup to Terry and, and, Elphick. and Elphick to Chester. Yeah, you could do. Yeah, again, we're we we then we're, we're hoarding players a little bit. But uh, Elphick, did he did he play okay? How was his? I mean, it was a it was a League One side that made a lot of changes. You're right. Should do. No, I mean, I think him and Gardner deserve a massive amount of credit. And even McCormack when he came on, actually, I was going to because sp- they've probably not all three of them have probably got no futures or have been, maybe been told they've got no futures. But they came in last night and they made life easier for the kids. Elphick was talking to the kids around him, coaching. Because don't forget, Bree's still only nineteen, and he was playing centre back in the second half, and he's not a centre back. So I just think those two were really good for the kids last night. A bit of encouragement, a bit of cajoling. Getting, getting them in and around them, telling them where to be in certain situations during the game, on and off the ball. So I think they deserve a massive amount of credit because, okay, people will say, well, they're professional football, they're getting paid to play football, but they could have come in and had a sulk. Yeah. I mean, I think they probably, Gardner looked at it probably as this is going to be my farewell game as a, as a Villa fan. So I think he wanted to make an impression. Probably didn't make as good an impression as he could have done. But you also those players, I guess, have got to put themselves in the shop window a little bit. You've got somebody like Ross McCormack who hasn't had that much game time. Obviously, has um, kind of hasn't had that opportunity to shine where when Sunderland and people are looking at him. Yeah, he's got to take his chances where he can. It's the same for Elphick and Gardner. Well, panic stations are set in throughout the Championship in the Premier League towards the end of the, the transfer window. I say all of them are going to get moves. Someone look, I've heard Barnsley. Are, Mm-hmm. after Gardner I'm surprised Forrest haven't come in for Gardner because he's had a couple of decent loan spells there and the fans really really like him mm-hmm. there McCormack and Elfie could probably get moves I'd expect McCormack to end up at Sunderland because they obviously want him it's just a case of can they agree a fee can they pay the right percentage of wages and Elfie will end up somewhere like there or Middlesbrough as well for example if Ben Gibson gets a move from Middlesbrough which you'd think again he would Elfie's ideal to go in and fill in for him at Middlesbrough isn't it mm-hmm. they'll, all, they'll all get moves and you at the end of the day, with Alfie, I'd keep him, but you can't stand in his way if he's going to be offered first team football somewhere. Any chance uh, McCormack ends up back at Leeds? Oh, sorry, I thought you said back end. I was assuming what you were going to say, yeah. backing my head. Yeah, you time. were. Was, uh, yeah, it was a strong. You, uh, you already decided. There's a chance. He's not really a like for like replacement for Chris Wood, though, is he? No. But then they're talking about Gestead, aren't they? Whom, you know, is Miller? not. Yeah, yeah. Five, apparently, they put a five million bid in for him. Be surprised to see him go there. I mean, Leeds are obviously going to need a striker now because their main goal scorer has gone. Mm. But like you say, he would probably be more likely someone like Gusted than Ross McCormick. You know, somebody on Twitter, a Leeds fan, I said that uh, Gusted wouldn't be a good replacement for for somebody. Replacement. <laughs> I knew you'd Steve pick that up. Steve I knew, a replacement, uh, a good replacement for Chris Wood. 
And and a Leeds fan was like, well, thirty million will buy two or three strikers. I just wonder if that will be a move that they they might consider for Chris Wood. Thirty million, Thomas. How much was it? Fifteen, I think. Fifteen, maybe nearer twenty. It wasn't thirty. I can't remember. You're getting them. Getting the wrong idea about transfer fees. I know it's gone mad. It has gone mad. mad. It's not that mad. Uh, that's still pretty mad. Fifteen million for Chris Wood. We paid that for Codger. Yeah, but that was a yeah, year ago when the transfers true. weren't as crazy, and he was a top goal scorer in the championship. To be fair, yeah, yeah, so it's true. Do you want to do your um your little plug, your little promotion? You got your you got bright uh, yeah. shiny things. Oh, we'll do there. that in a bit. I'm just trying to think whether we should have gone over any Villa View videos that have come out in the last week. But I don't think there's anything of relevance. Now. Well, of course, there's the fan cams. The fan cams is worth a watch. Yeah, a uh, lot of young Villa fans. Yeah, it's nice to see last night the youth team. It's the a, Villa View Academy, as as I like to call it. Is it just now? Are you uh, are you working out a replacement for me in the booth? It could be anyone, to be honest, mate. The cleaner is roaming around back there. We'll get them in. As long as he's got your laptop. They won't know as much about pies as you. That's true. But yeah, I need to find that laptop. It's playing on my mind. Is it? It's affecting the podcast. Ah. I want to be in trouble when I go to work. Yeah, you are going to be in trouble. Um, Coming up on the Villa View, there is, of course, the Bristol City uh, preview. We hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if there's Matt a lot, my calendars ever align, which they don't seem to. It's because you're so busy now. We are busy. Both of us busy. Matt's. Matt's Struggling to make games this season, yeah. As well, I say, I say that Dan's busy. Uh, next week, uh, a little look ahead to the podcast. You know, it's going to be, uh, it's it's going to be a one man show. Well, I'm not here next week. I'm on holiday in Portugal with my, with uh, my mates. For anyone who's interested in their and their wives, it's a little bit like a when holiday when the teachers <laughs> a wags holiday. Yeah, yeah? Uh, when the when the teacher doesn't turn up at your school and you you get a free run at the class for about ten minutes before you decide. Actually, I'm not going to do anything here. Um, I am going to be here, and I'm going to. Well, do you know, there's going to be a few surprises. Let me uh, let me put it that way. Why well, are you going to talk some sense about it? I'm going to talk some sense. <laughs> oh, I have to, won't I? I, have to I do worry about podcasts without me. Do you? If Matt's there, it'll be okay. Well, Matt's not going to be here. He doesn't live no, here. So I worry about the podcast then. Okay. Because I don't think you've got the razzmatazz to ca- to carry off the lead man. Oh wow! I just do not think you've got the razzmatazz. What if I wear a hat? Still, no. You've not got the Dan Bardell flair, I would say. Is it the shirt? Do you think this is you shirt? have to dress a bit more trendler. Do I? Yeah. Okay. You think you're a bit hip because you've got trainers on? I think you. <laughs> no, they're for practical you reasons. Put trainers. I don't think. Oh yeah, that's really sets the outfit apart now. It's a twenty-minute walk to work. I've got to protect my feet. You look like you've just come off your side, your bike, <laughs> cycled into the podcast. The one that you fold up. Yeah, that is, that is. <laughs> If ever there was a guy that uses a fold-up bike, <laughs> it is you. Listen, don't have a helmet, so I uh, wouldn't do it because you've got to be safe. There's supposed to be a charity video coming out as well when we played a charity match. I don't, know, I don't know what's happened to that. I'm using the podcast as a forum to call out Dan Rollinson and ask, where's that video? I maybe it's been edited. Maybe he's waiting until you call him Rollinson, which well, is his actual name. I'm not doing that anymore. Right. So, while, while we're talking about charity, go on. Right. Talk to us. Just wanted, I mean, I'm sure he's an avid listener to the Villa View podcast. Just wanted to thank... Christian Benteke, who's provided me with some signed football boots for that's you for my friend's charity, the Magic of Millie. So I asked out on Twitter earlier whether anyone else has got any prizes. Basically, I've left this quite late because the event's in two weeks. We're looking for auction prizes. So if anyone can help with anything of a similar ilk, that would be brilliant. And if you want to check out the Magic of Millie story, then I think it's, I believe the website address is magicofmillie.co.uk. Should give a shout out to a friend of the channel, Chris Dolan, as well, who hooked me up to be able to get these boots from the big man, Ben Teco. I imagine I'm going to have a bid on them myself. Have you tried them on? No, they're too big for me, mate. Size yeah. 11. 
Awesome. What size are you? Nine. Oh, yeah. A big nine. Oh, bless you. Yeah, Andrew always says that's small for a bloke. I yeah, don't think that is. It is. I play what football. What size are you? Uh, 11. <laughs> same size feet as Christian Benteke. Yeah, which What's surprises me for Christian Benteke. I've got, I, I play football with a guy who's got size seven feet. How tall is he then? Oh, he's not that small. No? Yeah. He's got girls feet. Um, nice, bo- nice boots. They are nice boots. They're, they're, this is completely of no value to the audio listeners. They're flare. They're, they're bright pink on one side and bright green on the other. They're orange, aren't they? Orangey pink. Is this going to be one of those things where what colour is the dress? Yeah. yeah. I think they're orange. Uh, boots now with ankle bits. Yeah, that I'm not That's sure a bit about. stylish, doesn't offer, enough, doesn't offer enough, enough protection. People going about green issue shin pads. I kind of say that these boots offer a lot of ankle protection, to be honest. I think, actually, they're better than they used to be. Like, the okay. fact that they come up so high. They Like, in the last few years, you've seen boots that are barely there. Right. I quite like them. Okay. Oh, they're nice. They're a nice boot. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. A little bit of so, and Belgian flag on there as well. Magic of Millie. Search it if you're interested. Yeah. Um, and thank you again, Christian yeah, Benteke. So, and Christopher Dolan. So, if anyone can help with any prizes, that would be great. I've just got to do a little shout-out as well that I'm going to forget to do. just want to do a little shout-out to Finn Haynes, little lad who sits by me. At the villa. Shout out to Finn Haynes and his dad, Lee. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Finn. I'm sure you wanted to hear from me as well. So uh so great. Uh Sean Sean Agathin. Uh, Galathan. It's not a Galathan. Yeah, Sean Agathin, I reckon. Um he won the shirt last week. Uh congratulations again to him. Uh on the way that I pronounced his name, he said close enough. Close enough to the name, Tom. He did send in a picture to social media. So I don't know whether you saw it. I didn't know. He chose the black away shirt. Not sure if he got a number on the back, to be honest, but he chose the black away shirt. So well done to him. Pleasing to be able to do that for a subscriber. Hopefully we'll have more competitions coming up and maybe one day I will send the socks out to Max Stokes and whoever else I'm supposed to send them to. I've spoke to Max. He knows they're coming. Does he? I just need Does to he know to... that they're not coming? I just need to speak to win or lose. That's all I need to do. We'll do and it. And I'll send it out directly. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, let's go on to a few comments uh, that we had over the last week. Thank you again for your comments and your ratings and your uh, questions and everything. We really appreciate them. They're always good for the channel. Uh, James Styles. Oh, this one. Uh, <laughs> what's with the audio? You both sound like some weird robots. Lol. We've explained that at the start of the yep. podcast. So yeah, uh, we're in Bad back in booth. back in the good booth, back in the Villa Park booth. Holy so uh, hopefully everything should sound right this week, James. Um, da, 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 da. Norwich. This is on the Norwich fan cams. Only one person highlighted it, but can we mention Green's goal after that howler at Reading? For him to do that is incredible. Hopefully he can kick on and get some more with Davis. I can really see a Benteke esque player in him, and at his age, that's incredible. We just need a good chant for him now. Big D on Twitter said, uh, happy birthday, Big D, as well as his birthday today. Happy birthday. He said something about, I'm not over-exaggerating here, but Davis is better than Benteke. Obviously, tongue-in-cheek. We, a- do. we need some good chance for people in general. Yeah. There's a, we're struggling for chance. I mean, singing the Nathan Baker song just just change it with John Terry's name. It's laziness yeah. from us all. Slack. We, need, slack. we need some chance. Grass, Fact, is, grass is greener? There's some. I don't know. Is there a song, Grass is Always Greener? How would that help? Andre Green? Oh. He's one of our own. That'll do for him. He's he's got an, that's an okay song for the standards that we're doing at the moment. We need some more songs. Is one saying like the fact that Chester hasn't got his own song. He's been playing with us for a year. Yeah, he's been one of our best players. All right, let me have a I don't think. Know whether, I feel like this could be something we could do about it, but I don't know what. Well, I'm certainly not going to do a video of me singing song suggestions. Maybe that's next week's podcast. Maybe yes. Yeah. So send send us in some chants. Make up some chants. 
for us if you can. This is a... And I'll make one up as well, but I'm not in next week, so that's going to be no good. Well, maybe we'll get you on video link. I mean, uh, if I said there's no podcast next week, there'll be no podcast. Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Jerry S. Ah, uh, this is... Uh, so, ah, so this is the part where we get carried away and we think we have a chance of promotion. Jerry S. Uh, is pouring water on the uh, on the flames that are flickering down. At this stage, four games, you know, so... Most teams have got a chance of promotions still. Yeah, ridiculous. I it's, think it's mathematically possible, isn't it? I think it still is, just yeah. about. I think the fact I would be on the other side of that, Jerry, I would say that people overreacted too early to, to I mean the performances weren't good, don't get me wrong, but the results I mean, obviously the results matter, but it's, it's so early, you I know. It's the away who do continue. That's been the main problem. If we hadn't been so rank away for the last couple of years, yeah. and we lost two away games in a row, I don't think anyone would say anything. Yeah. But the fact we finished 13th, having barely done anything away from home, it's a, it's a follow on. It's understandable. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but it's understandable. Oh, totally. And I see uh, somebody else on Twitter, I can't remember their name off the top of my head, but said, Is uh, Bristol City a six pointer? Do you really believe in the six pointer kind of thing? You know, Not yet. We're, we're still in August. Nah, no way. Not at the moment. No? No. Good. Wigan preview. Uh, Emmett Carey. I hope Davis gets benched so he plays Friday. I'd rather Hutton plays right back and Bree starts Friday also. I'd also give Chester a rest and potentially play Elphick or a youth player. Wow. I predict 4-1 Villa, Hogan 2, Adoma and Samba. Can you believe that prediction? Apparently that's the first time I've seen that. Emmett, wow, who was that? Emmett Carey. You, I hope he's doing uh, the fan score league. Yeah, you absolutely... Well, you didn't nail it, but you very... Oh, come on. You were very close. I don't think you could have got much closer. No, you couldn't. Samba was a was a bold shout, to be fair. Um, well, you, I didn't expect him to play, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But to score. We don't score enough from corners. I've said this before. I, I, that frustrates me. Yeah. We don't score enough in general until well, this week, true. to be fair. That is true. Um... Mitch Clark did very well at left back. So Mitch Clark had commented there. That's not what he said. Not yet. Not yet. That's the dream. Mitch Clark did well at left back. Could easily be our backup for Taylor. Delat looked composed, um, but really came into his own at right back. Great run out for him. Should be jostling with Bree for starting position now. Um, both have shown to have more technical ability than Hutton. Also nice to see us fizzing balls across the box for Hogan instead of 50-yard launches. That's from uh, Scotty Edwards. Agree? Yep, agree with most things he said there, if not all. Give Scott Hogan the service and he will score. Mm-hmm. But as a big Scott Hogan advocate, I still wouldn't play in Friday. No, interesting. Ashley Hall says the young players were really impressive. Um, and uh, they made they made a tough League One side look like chumps. Dead League One calibre, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, we've talked about that. So, uh, But you have to win the games in front of you, exactly. Ashley Hall. Looking forward to the season now uh, after seeing some of these under-23 performances. If the Academy and 23s can keep this up, we'll have no issue staying up in the Premier League when we finally get there. It's worth mentioning that Scott Hogan nearly ran me and Dan Rollinson over on, a, on Saturday. Really? Yeah, yeah, he nearly ran us over. We were there quite early for a meeting. Right. A pre-match meeting. And uh, yeah, Scott Hogan nearly ran us over. Oh, wow. Yeah. But you, you live to tell the tale. So. Live to tell the tale. So that's good. Have you got something to tell us? No, I was just going through the comments on Twitter to your tweet that you put out earlier in the day. Uh, we kind of already covered the youth players. So this is a good one from Noah, who made his fan cams return last night. I've got a lot of time for Noah. He obviously... Following on from Madoma's headstand, which was a bit bizarre. Yeah, fair play. I can't do that. Don't know whether you can. I can't remember ever trying. The floor is yours. It's not great for audio Just listeners. Have a go. Right. I can't believe you're going to have a go. There's not a huge amount of room. Gonna, well, you're not going to move up a bit. You're not going to be able to do it. Is the first problem. 
Right, this could be. It's not good for again. Not good for audio people. I apologise. It's probably not going to try and do and a die on my headstand. And even if you pull it off, I'm going to kick you so you fall. <laughs> Don't, because we'll break the boot. Oh God, you can't do it. You kick yes. Me. Yes! To me, yes. I'm halfway! Keep me in the chest. Yeah, that's pretty... I'm keeping you up. That really hurts. You can't do it. I have a lot more respect for Albert Adoma after that. You, the worst thing for you is then that's him. I don't think he even made the camera. Oh, you must have seen what my feet. kick, mate. Sorry. To be honest. Uh, I'll do my t shirt. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Tom, in conclusion, Tom cannot do it. 75% there. So, best and worst you've seen from a Villa player? You can include all teams if you wish. Oh, yeah. Best celebration. It's a good question. I can't think of any. I don't really... I, have we ever done a good celebration? I wasn't thinking Villa celebrations. I didn't read it properly. Um, it makes sense for a Villa podcast that we do it towards Villa players. Yeah, you're right. Understand. Generally, though, uh, celebrations tend to annoy me more than I enjoy them. Uh, like, I really don't like the Griezmann thing. I, I don't like the Sturridge, Sturridge. thing. Uh, don't mind the Tim Cahill. What's the, what's the difference? That's no better than the other two that I think you just slagged off. I think it's because I kind of grew up a little bit more with Cahill and these young yeah, players yeah. that are younger than me that, that annoys me a bit time on the podcast yeah? I still cannot I can think of think of a worse celebration I call him out here because I know he hit Zussberg when he scored away at Bolton he was an absolute screamer and his celebration was poor he kind of he looked surprised he didn't know what he was doing and I just remember it being poor yeah so generally if, if I ever score and it's a rarity I don't even it's such a surprise that I have no composure no, I can't think. I genuinely cannot think of a good Villa celebration. There must have been one. Tommy Johnson used to be a good celebrator. I can't specifically think of anything that he used to do. What did Barros do? He was a good celebrator. Did Barros do? Get his head down and <laughs> never pass. <laughs> yeah. Mainly. He scored a few goals. Yeah. Uh, don't know. Well, maybe we can think about that. The worst things I've ever seen that annoyed me. Right. Villa playing Man U. I think Julio was the manager and Ashley Young scored a penalty. And he ran into the crowd and got booked. Okay, fair enough. That's the letter of the law. And Vidic scored for Manu. Ran into the crowd. Manu fans spilling onto the pitch. Oh, get on with it, the Manu. Don't worry about it. No yellow card. Frustrating. That, that annoys me. Yeah. That did annoy me. Last night, something happened. The ref was poor last night, to be honest. Really? You could see there wasn't much going on, so he was trying to make it all about him a bit. And he uh, booked, I think, Callum O'Hare for kicking the ball away. He just kicked the ball into the net when the whistle had gone. And then the Wigan player, 10 minutes later, booted the ball away. Didn't book him. Frustrating. Consistency, Tom. Yeah, frustrating. Not uh, really covered Noah's question. <laughs> I did try a headstand, though, so, you know, true. you're welcome. Uh, We've covered McCormack and Elphick. Oh, here's a good question from Dan Smith. Dan Smith Music, 97. Who is the most obscure player you have ever seen play for Villa that you would forget about otherwise? Remember, Didier Agat played for us in the 2006-2007 season for five games. I remember John Gregory signed, a, I think he was Argentinian striker in 1999-2000 when Dublin broke his neck, called Gustavo Bartlett. I don't think he ever played, okay. but, he signed, but he signed him, squad number 25, for those that are... No, you don't know that. Did you look it up? No, why would I? I didn't have the first time I've seen that question. That's crazy. Um, Him? Gregory had a few, actually. You remember Fabio Ferreira, young Italian yeah, midfielder? Very... I think he played against Strong God set once. Did we sign Hassan Kashlul for a bit? Yeah, he played a couple of seasons. That's a bit random. Yeah, there's another. I had another one before you said Hassan Kashlul as well. That's gone. Najran Garayeb, Israeli <laughs> left wing back, squad number 20, 99-2000 season. Of course he was. Gregory still mates with him. Yeah? Yeah, he still goes to see him. Well, probably not now because he's in India, actually, Gregory, but he 
would have gone. He said he used to go and see him when he was in when he was in Israel. Okay. He used to like it there, old Gregor. Mm, yeah. Fair enough. There's some obscure ones. Yeah, for you. very, very obscure. Gabor Corrali, the goalkeeper in the pajama bombs, he came on loan for a bit, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, Paul Scholes scored a world. He passed him a volley from the edge of the Gabor box. Gabor Corrali. Yeah, the Hungarian goalkeeper yeah, yeah, yeah. of Palace. Oh, he no, came alone, no. emergency memory. loan. All oh, right. So there you go. I've given us a few obscure ones there. Uh, Ali A asked the question, when was the last time we scored eight goals in two games, you know? Well, I do know because you know as well. Yeah, Dan I Robinson do, yeah. sent us the picture, but I've completely forgotten when it was. I think it was April 2008. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, the 5th of April. Are you celebrating something that you've been given on text? I wasn't celebrating. I was checking. You did, you went, yes. Yeah, because I was uh-huh. correct. Uh, Aston Villa beat Bolton 4-0 on the 5th. Cool. Um, the, then they beat Derby 6-0 six, six away on the 12th. Yeah, Petrov from the halfway line. And then, uh, of course, capped it off on the 20th with a 5-1 demolition of Birmingham City. Do you want to talk to the Villa View podcast and Villa View subscribers about the message, the Twitter message that I just saw pop up on your screen as we were looking at? Right. A bit of beef with Tesco as well. Oh, my goodness. Right, we've had a bad day and... Um, We've had a bad day in general. Yeah. That's been culminated by the fact that I've moved into a new build flat. Tesco don't recognise my postcode. Mm. Trying to get my delivery. <laughs> and Go to the shops, mate. I, I can't. What? Too busy. No. I'm too busy so here car, try, trying drive, to find your laptop. So it's difficult to go to the shop with no car. Uh, yeah, and you've got to do a big shop as well. That's I'm, what I mean. Too. I, okay, I'll, I get that. Otherwise, you get mugged off. Um, so they, they entered my address. This is a bit of a tangent at 47 minutes. Fine, to keep going. People say sometimes they'd like it to be an hour. So Yeah, we're not for Tesco chat. That's true. That's um, interesting. I just saw it come up. Okay, they, they entered my address. Everything was fine. Then I couldn't add it as a delivery address. Yeah. So they asked me to delete my address, and now I can't add it again. So I've got my shop sitting there waiting, and uh, I just can't deliver it. It's wound me right up today. Frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Um, you got any more for us? Yeah, Rollo sent a few. Rollo, well, here we go. Is a good one. Alex Slater. Following on from Dan's knowledge of squad numbers, which again, I've demonstrated just off the cuff. What's your thoughts on players taking non-traditional numbers? E.g. Dempsey 2, Kante 7. I don't think Kante 7 is that untraditional. No, I, a little I, bit. I don't mind I Kante. see what you're saying. Can you think of any Villa ones? that were a bit... Stephen Ireland getting number 9 annoyed me. Why? Because he was not a number 9. Do you, do you put that attachment on it, do you? Yeah, your number 9 be, should be your main man. Like, like Hogan's obviously a very good striker. So he's our main, one of our main men. Yeah, when if, yeah, if I'm ever playing and I pull a number nine out and yeah. I play, I play a right back or left back. You so put it back. I put it back. Yeah. Marlon Harewood obviously wore the number nine shirt for Villa and led led the line with a plum. Yeah, when he played, good, good, after, good morning. I guess it is now, Marlon. Listening in from AC thirteen head, head, head. I can't talk headquarters. Sir, it's been a long day. Gets me giddy, oh Marlon. He gets me, <laughs> gets me giddy. He's great. We're Love working him. on Marlon, aren't we? We're try, trying the scenes. Trying, oh. Marlon. You reach out. We and, are trying. Uh, we go through multiple avenues as well. Yeah. So we are trying with Marlon. So for those that are interested in Marlon Harewood, maybe see you next week. Just maybe. Yeah, that, there, that there'll be a vacant chair. I tell you what, if I'm on holiday and Marlon Harewood is sat in this chair, you will never see me on the Villa View again. Perfect. Yeah. There'll be a guy in the comments actually that's quite happy by that. Yeah. Because he's a bit of a lynch worshipper. Oh, well. I'm not going to name him. He seems to be a bit of a lynch worshipper, not too keen on me. Ambivalent towards you, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. You've not come up. Most people call me Julian at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a few other questions, Kevin. I think I've got Rolos. Picture of my wife's hair there. She had a hair done today. Lovely. Yeah. Looks very nice for those interested. Uh, Oh, let's finish on that. This is a good one. Okay, we'll finish on that one then. Yeah. Uh, JL Gamer 14 says, I wonder if Dan has found me in the comments section after meeting me on Saturday. Well, I have now. 
So hello, JL Gamer fourteen. Another shout. I've given a lot of shout outs. Yeah. Today, haven't I? I've been quite uh quite generous. Yeah, free flowing. With them actually, I saw. I want to call something out actually. Recently, this is a bit big headed, and I don't mean it to be. But Matt and I now we do get asked for photos by certain people when we're at Villa. I know what you're going to say. It does happen. Someone had had a <laughs> go at Matt for having his photo taken with someone. What's he supposed to do? That's hilarious. I mean, usually I'm all for having a go at Matt. Let's have a go at him for someone asking him for it to have their photo taken with him, a kid, and him having his photo taken. To call him out for that's poor. What do you think? I listen. If anyone wants their photos taken with me, I'm I'm here. I can I, I I'll, I'll send you a, you a photo. A bit apart, mate. That's true. I'm very busy. Very yeah. busy man. Maybe you could just send a subscriber a random signed picture of yourself. Exactly. Like Dublin, I'll just pick out an address at yeah. random. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Do you reckon we should say that's it? I'm going to say this for the end of the transfer window. Jack Hurley says for the podcast, what is your eleven you would put out if you had to win a game to gain promotion slash win the league? Ah, oh, interesting. Good question. So we'll wait. Okay. So the transfer window's done. Yeah. To answer that one. Land in between. Dan, how big is your hat collection? I think I've got seven or eight snapbacks, I believe. But I've got a favourite that I tend to go with, which is the one I wore for fan cams last night. So we're going to end now. Mark Hutton, brother of Alan. There's a quick quiz for the podcast, and I must say I knew the answer to this and his squad number immediately. And, and I, Dan Rollinson said he got it immediately as well. And I will tell you that I didn't know it immediately. Have you got it now? Yeah. So quick quiz for the podcast. Can either of you name the last Ghanaian player to score against Wigan for Aston Villa in a League Cup game? I went George Boateng. That's completely wrong, Tom. Yeah, I know. Go on then, give us the answer. The answer is Neil Ampter. Yep. In 94, I'm going to go with. Yeah, it'll be 94. Do you want to know some facts about I Neil Ampter? Go back to the fact that George Boateng wasn't Ghanaian. Go for Holland, mate. Was it? He may have got a Ghanaian in him, okay, but he mm. played for Holland at international level. Yeah, you're you're right. That's a, I mean, that's an oversight by me. He uh, could have had Ghanaian heritage. Yeah, I'm not denying that. I did think of someone. I thought you might try and say Jordan Ayer. I thought that would be what well, that you'd would be do. too easy. I would. Have I, thought. I don't know, but I would have thought you would have said that. Well, because you, I go for the easy option. Well, just because you don't lack the knowledge. And Neil Ampty, uh scored three goals for Villa, all of them against w- uh, Wigan. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. One one at the home leg and uh, and twice away. And quite an interesting what career. Knee uh, Lamptey. He was he was a starlet at uh, at Anderlecht. Yeah, and uh, then went to PSV on loan. Played very well there. Apparently was duped by his agent, um, and and came to Villa, kind of under false pretenses. And then what did he go to Barcelona or something? I think I, I I think he was forced into it by some sort of contractual ab- obligation. Which would force me to move to Villa to work for Villa? That'd yeah, be good. Well, yeah, nobody is. Um, no, and no. then he he spent several time on several very random locations, including Greuther Firth in mm. Germany. He was also, you know, those players that in Championship Manager are hyped like they're going to be the yeah. next big thing, like Cherno Samba and Freddie Adu. He was like that. Yeah. He was a good football, he was a good championship manager player. There you go. I believe. If Nee, if you're listening, probably not. But there's someone follow I think who follows me on Twitter whose handle is Neil Ampter. It's not him. It's just a random villa fan. Worth exploring. But yeah. So if yes, we call it a day. Let's call it a day. Fifty three minutes of uh, of waffle, yeah. mainly. I've had uh, to work three and a half hours longer than I needed to be, and I've lost my laptop. <laughs> so it's not been a good night. It's not been a good night, but we've had fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you're still with us, please leave us a review uh, or a comment in the comment section. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Positive, negative, whatever. Just get in touch. That'd be great. Not negative. Oh, and let us know. Let us know what you think of Adoma's goal, whether it was good or not. Because uh, right now, Dan's been ridiculous.
No, I'm not being redundant. I didn't say it wasn't good. I just said the keeper could have saved it. Say goodbye, Dan. Not saying goodbye. Yeah, I've not finished. No, you're not finished. I've finished my admin. Um, I'd like people to have a little bit hammer Tom a little bit on social media to see if they can find out what's going on next week because I'm not being told what's going on. I mean, I, I know you'll all be devastated for me not to be on the podcast next week. That's the equivalent of Codger being injured at the I will. I'll miss you. Yeah, well, you'll be sitting here on your own, possibly. Possibly. Unless you've got so, if you've got Marlon Harewood, <laughs> that'd be serious problem. So, yeah. I'm going to be on holiday next week, so no videos from the Villa View for me, but I will be on the preview, hopefully, of Matt and my calendars align. If not, I don't know what we're going to do, but there will be a preview either Thursday or early Friday morning for the Villa View subscribers. Thanks ever so much for watching and listening to the podcast and for everyone that's watching our content. We're growing all the time and the subscription numbers are excellent at the moment. So, yeah, really, really pleasing and great to meet so many people. At Villa Park, did you get recognised at Reading? Uh, no, no. I got recognised by Robbo, but I went oh, with yeah, him, yeah, so well, that doesn't really count. Be, be surprised if he didn't recognise yeah. you. So yeah, thanks for sticking with this podcast as well. Our longest one to date, I believe, coming in at fifty-five minutes. If I can waffle for another eight seconds, that's a good sturdy length for a podcast. People have said make it a bit longer. So we've stop done waffling. That. You're literally so we've waffling. Done that now, yeah. So right, thanks ever so much. Up the villa. Up the villa. See you soon. Bye. Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.